0: Podcast is part of the sports social podcast network hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Leeds that podcast I'm Matt and I'm joined here by Andy Hey Paul hello and James hello and this is the first in a series of fan interviews where we talked to a number of different Leeds United supporters from across the LUFC community to find out about their life and experiences as a Leeds fan in the past and right up until the present day. We wanted our first one to be a big one, and we're really pleased to say this first edition features an exclusive interview with a fan who has probably been living the dream of a Leeds fan for the last 12 months or more. We've been speaking to Lee Hicken from The City Talking. He's the director behind the Leeds films Do You Want to Win? and Leeds United Stories, His latest big project, of course, has been the huge Amazon Prime documentary series, Take Us Home. I'm sure you've all seen it. It charts our 2018-2019 season, from Marcelo Bielsa arriving to that now infamous defeat to Derby in the playoffs, and it's been getting rave reviews amongst the support. Lee and his team have just started filming the second and hopefully happier series, so Andy and Paul went along to meet him and find out more. They started by asking him how he became a Leeds United fan in the first place.
1: So born and raised in Leeds, um, grew up in mainly in a place called Winmore, So um, all our lives revolved around footy. Um, playing for Seacroft Colts for a lot of years and then um, could never really afford to go to Leeds United so much when we were younger. But, um, but you're always a Leeds fan because just your dad is and all your cousins are and what have you. Um, but then probably what made it, you know, that it was that period of when we got promoted fourth f- champions, that's when really started to to become a proper Leeds fan where I was like listening on radio and um, occasionally we'd get tickets at match, you know, usually last game at season when uh, the junior football teams would get it. And we had uh, John Newsom and... It was just John Newsom came and presented our trophies end at season when around that point. Um, and it were like you know, like a god, John Newsome, because he just scored that goal as well at Sheffield United. So, yeah, the, uh, all around that period were when, when I started becoming a proper fan. Yeah,
2: and uh, flip side of that, our our thing is leads that as in you know, when it's going well, something's ultimately going to tumble down around you. Think about what, what's biggest leads that moment that you can think of
1: oh god i'd say um it was this there's, there's 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 when you're feeling it at the time and and um for that i mean there's there's millions in there but oh, um but when when we flap it on the pitch but the but the with hindsight the most leads that bit i'd say for for me was um just that whole period when it was supposedly financial meltdown Bates came in professor, whatever came in, all this sort of stuff. (laughs) And you look back and you go, there were a better way out of that than that. And, and, and we fell out just when the money went insane in the premier league. And it was like, you know, one of the biggest clubs in England and, um, you know, good crop of young players, great academy, all that lot. And you look back and go, yeah, of course we fell out of the Premier League when everyone in the Premier League became billionaires. You know what I mean? it's it's um, There's plenty, though. There's, right, that's, that's just off the top that, of my head. Leads that,
3: definitely leads that moment. Um, what was your first game? Can you recall it? And Who, who did you look up to? Who was your favourite player?
1: So first games, I think I did go to a couple of games um, in 89-90 but I can't really remember them that well, so I will have been uh, eight, something like that. Um, but the game that I proper remember was um, more when we were back up um, and we I went to two or three games that season um, and when we were champions, went to two or three games that season and probably the the stuff that stands out to me is uh, who, were, who were my heroes growing up. It, it was that midfield, so... Gordon Strachan's lad used to go to our school so so it, it was like somehow Strachan Gavin, Gavin Strachan no uh, Craig no wait which one which one's my age there's one who were a footballer Gavin footballer wasn't it right so the one who were a bit younger Craig and his son's I think now, now a
2: footballer it's right, three generations okay. have gone through the same club
1: so his son who were in my year like was spit Gordon Strachan, he had the ginger hair, oh, yeah. played same way in midfield and everything. All, all girls him. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, so, so that that gang. But for me, my hero were Batty, um, just because of how he played and he were Leeds, honestly. So, so Batty were the, the the hero to me growing up.
3: Yeah, it's two of ours were Me, me and Matt.
2: I When I grew up, my dad always just whenever I mentioned Batty, my dad always says, "Just pass his sideways, just pass his sideways."
1: That's <laughs> all I ever got on Batty. But he were. Says more uh, about your dad. People people say stuff like that, though. But when you actually look back, he, he was one of the most underrated midfielders around. He was super... I mean, he ended up with 50-plus caps for England, didn't he? I think batty,
3: yeah. What was your favourite batty moment?
1: <laughs> I, I remember that thing. I think Moscow or someone else started it, the... Um, the bit where Batty were just like traumatising, were it Sampdoria in that pre-season friendly oh, yeah. and it was with Mancini or someone who were losing the bottle and it was, I mean, I want not there, but I remember seeing that and thinking that's that's what he's about. He's just a, an absolute wind-up merchant. But if you asked him, he'd be like, no, 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 I never, what, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Because he, he's just like laid back guy off the pitch. But uh, yeah, he he were. But loads of our heroes. Although when I started playing footy when I was a kid, I thought I was a bit more like McAllister. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I wanted to take every free kick. I wanted to take every penalty and what have you. I mean, I had a decent right foot, but I don't think I, 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 were, I were anywhere near like McAllister level when I was a kid. But yeah, I'd say McAllister and Batty were the two I loved growing up. So
2: City Talking is all about being passionate about things going on within the city. But what, what makes you specifically passionate about city itself
1: it's one of those where when you're here um you, you don't appreciate it that much and and to be yeah. fair like leeds has has had a bit of a dark that period of time not just with a football team but um economically politically what in in all areas during sort of the late 90s early 2000s and i were done with it i would I like i I need you were to close do something to, else. You were
3: close to leaving, weren't you, at one point? Is that right?
1: Yeah, I left. I, I went to uh, live in Barcelona for three years. So uh, I used to work in music and then I yeah saved up money and my dad helped me out and I went to study in Barcelona for three years. But what what I'm going to say is like when you leave, like then you you realise, A, that there is a lot of good points about Leeds, but also you become like defender of all things Leeds. Yeah. So I, I moved to Barcelona. I didn't even have another English person in my school. Um, and yeah, everyone's like, a new fan Liverpool fan whatever and so you find yourself like hey you know Leeds are the biggest club ever and Leeds yeah. is a great city it's yeah. got great bars and come like the tourist information thing for Leeds <laughs> you know what I mean and it's weird after that after that, I think six people from my class in Barcelona end up moving to Leeds like, like two, two of them got married so you're head Alice. of recruitment for
3: Leeds is that what you're saying head of yeah, recruitment yeah
1: basically yeah yeah I'm, I'm the head of like recruiting Uh, people who know nothing about Leeds, tricking them to move here and then uh, converting them for life, yeah.
2: Do you get involved in the football scene at all in
1: Barcelona? Because
2: obviously it's massive there.
1: Not really, because I were although I say that, but we so I studied at fashion school when I went there. So I studied media in England and I studied uh, fashion in Barcelona. But what we did, so so we're more like into all that sort of scene, the the fashion side of things. But uh, we used to throw parties, so every sort of two or three months, we'd have a we'd have a big blowout, and um, and Ronaldinho used to come down. Oh, never. Yeah, yeah. So so that were about as close as I got, but. I don't think we were the only party that Ronaldinho <laughs> went to in Barcelona. Yeah, I, think you know, went I mean, to a few, Yeah, but but yeah, it used to come down to our stuff, and it was probably that period. I think Rijkaard were coach when I were there, yeah, um, and Barca were just starting to be what they what they ended up being but yeah it were it was were i did go to a couple of barcelona matches and stuff while i were there uh went to a madrid match and stuff as well so wow. yeah i tried to keep in touch with it but i'm more trying to find like dodgy streams to watch league united when we got beaten playoffs by Millwall and oh, stuff wow. so I, sh- I should have just converted to barcelona at that <laughs> point it would have been easier right let's get
3: on to current then um obviously we've all seen the first one do you want to win how was that to produce? And is, is that what got you the nod, I suppose, to start this documentary?
1: How did, how did doing this
3: documentary come about?
1: So do you want to win were like, um, it, it was a, so Mos- Moscow used to work for City Talking um, and we had a newspaper magazine. Um, we did, uh, Moscow had his square ball week. We had lots of um, good contacts in football just through, through life really. Um, and, we'd always talked about wanting to do a a film about, about that because it, it just got lost really when the premier league started on sky, no one were really talking about it. Um, So yeah, we set off and it was, it was hard work. Like, so we had to do it really fast uh, with no money and um, Moscow, probably even more than me. It just took up like every hour of every day. And we, uh, but we did it in the end and it was well received. we got some really good uh, reviews for it. And it was one of them where we were like, well, if that's all we ever do on Leeds United, then, um, then great. Because we've got something that when, when we're done with our careers, we go, you know what? We made the film about, about the champions. Um, And then we moved on to the Leeds Rhinos film, did that because the treble year, I'm a big Rhinos fan. So the, the treble year was, was another story we wanted to tell. And we were a bit um, wondering what were next because we felt that the, as good as it gets was better than do you want to win? Um, I bet better more insightful interviews. Let's as good say. as it
3: gets, outstanding.
1: Yeah, I, I, brilliant, I, I brilliant. think it's really good. Yeah, I mean, as all these with these things, if we had more money, we would have been able to afford more footage and stuff like that. But it, it, there was something magical about that rhinos team and and the relationships that existed within it. And I think we did a good job of trying to capture that.
2: Being, being completely ignorant in this uh, area of the world, do you start with an idea for a project and then to take that to say Amazon and say,
1: look at what we've got? Or is someone looking for an area to be filled? So now that's how we do it. But back then we just did it as we want to make this film. How do we make it? And we didn't really care about Amazon or Netflix or anybody. We were like, we'll make it. We'll sell cinema tickets. We'll put it online and just do it ourselves. Sponsors helped out a lot with it. Yeah. Um, And and it was more like we do it because... um, we just need to do it. <laughs> and, and, and usually it loses us a load of money and we have to do it. By supporting ourselves with other work, like marketing work for companies or whatever it was, and the, the magazine was doing well as well, um, but this one is a was a different beast. You know, this is a far far bigger production, so we couldn't have done this one by ourselves. So we had to team up with Amazon on a project like this in eleven. Um, but it's it's all it's a journey that you go on. You know, you you our first film were music in Leeds, and that was um, I had no money. It was a nightmare to make. We had uh, we didn't even have a boom um we had, didn't have clip on mics we were all like slr shaky stuff we were probably drunk half the time <laughs> when we were making it and stuff but uh well, did podcast. that and it, yeah and it just it, it you take you each step and it's the same with this one it's like each step you go right how do we make it better than the one that we just did but a couple of years ago we reached a point where we're like right we need to either commit to being a a proper film studio or we're going to be kind of a film studio kind of a magazine kind of this and that and be like you know this cool agency or whatever or we're going to go right we need to we need to be a proper studio and and invest and learn and and grow uh, in the way we need to and that's where this project has taken us
2: so what's your highlight been from the documentary either of the process or when you've got your finished product watching it which bit you're most proud
1: of
3: can i guess go on I think you've told me anyway. I'm cheating here. It's the episode two, isn't it? Ten minutes in episode two. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I'd say. Well, it's it's a tie, really, with the last ten minutes as well. So I'd say the the for me personally, the the ten minutes at the end of episode two, and and I I, I admit, like that is a Leeds fans ten minutes. You know what I mean? It was beautiful. Villa Josh Blackburn is like um, it's all it's all positive and it's all good. So maybe as a documentary, you go, oh, you know, this is. Um, where, where's the dirt or oh, whatever? <laughs> but for but for me, I was right, just well, like far off the corner. Was it? It was. Yeah. It won't. It wasn't
2: too far away.
1: Yeah. That. But that. That. Those three uh, things. Villa. Josh. Blackburn was like. Um, well, the music that we used in the Blackburn game, it was like. I kept. I kept having this thing of like um, using the word heaven. Of like, if you're a Leeds fan, this is your heaven. You yeah. know those two games, Josh. It's like top of the league. We're definitely going to go up, et cetera, et cetera. Both injury times. It's just like, it don't get any better. It doesn't get it? any better. So, so uh, that's why I put the music on the, the second game as like really heavenly, you know, ethereal. This is it. This is what the, the top of the mountain looks like as well, because obviously with hindsight, Things change in the second half of the series, but that was the peak. Can you the, imagine how miserable everyone's Christmases would have been
2: if it hadn't panned out like that? As well, <laughs> how dark the full documentary would have been if if it hadn't worked out like that at Christmas.
1: Yeah, it was. Well, it's it's one of those where that's why like the last ten minutes where um, it, somehow it's and and you know you you can use a, a Bielsa quote for this, but there's a bit in episode four, uh, the end of episode four, four I think, where. I'm paraphrasing, but it says something like, you know, it's not just about the victory, it's about the journey. And that's what that series is to me. It's like, it's, okay, we didn't do it in the end, but the journey and the development and the the beauty contained within the, that season, um, it's part of being Leeds, it's part of the story. Yeah. So if we did it this year, this will be even more beautiful, the series that yeah, we just made, yeah. because, you know, if you... So if I want a Leeds fan, this won't football. And we were just like, if you were writing, I don't know, let's say for example, it was a, a three or four season long show. You don't want to go up in the first one. You want to no, you no. want to Ned Stark it in the first series, and then you want to uh, give him the glory afterwards, and then you want whatever happens in the Premier League. That's the ideal. Show. Of course, yeah, I wanted but, us to go up, but I say, that's, I'm going to say the second what, going up
3: last season. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, but that's what that's that. It's a more beautiful story to nearly do it and then do it. That's, so you that. were completely
2: conflicted. On
1: one hand, you're rubbing your hands because it's brilliant material, and on the other hand, you're devastated because you're a Leeds fan. It sounded it sounded sounds weird, but like there were a point last season, probably around that Christmas point when we were going this is all good like um, (laughs) this is we're we're top of the league we're brilliant Um, Marcelo's brilliant Andrea's brilliant everybody's doing really well there's no conflict nobody's falling out the top of the league if this happens for the rest of the season we're going to like Struggle to find the conflict in all of this, you know what I mean? And then Spygate. Well, so about I was going to say, so.
2: who, who did you go send to hide in the bushes outside yeah, down yeah. the County Trading Ground? Then, <laughs> when
1: that, when well, when that news came through, we were actually filming with Kiko um, down at Ellen. I think we were at Ellen Road, and uh, there were all these panicked WhatsApps and texts going around, like going press conference 4 patch, press conference far patch. We were like, what's going on here? Like, you know, because we don't obviously we knew Spygate on Derby yeah, yeah. game, yeah. but even. Now, when you watch the documentary, we we realize how big of a deal it is. But at the time, we didn't think it were a big deal. We were just like, "So what?" You know, who cares? I mean? Who cares? Who does who who cares? All time. Yeah, yeah. But then once it kicked off, we were like, "Oh shit! This is the this is the this um, is the gold you wanted." I suppose this is for the a gold for a documentary. But but, damn, <laughs> <laughs> we wish it didn't happen. Was there was there any worry at points
3: you thought Marcelo might walk from there? Because fans definitely thought it, and you've you've covered it well in the documentary. But as a as a director, you thinking. We've to lose the
1: star man here. I think. I think that from a director's point of view, the thing with Marcelo is to not really expect anything. It's like uh, he's yeah, he's, yeah. he's unpredictable guy, and 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 there's a lot of unpredictable people in 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 football and Leeds United in particular. So. We just like we try our best to just keep a level head on everything and go right. That's what's happening now. Right. That that. What's what's. How does that work in terms of a story? Then something else crazy will happen. And it's like right. Okay, that happens. What's, it's just that it, you just got to keep a level head through all that sort of stuff and just capture it and then analyze what it, it means. When when you're making the edit, there
2: was so much went on last season that you probably only tickled. You know, barely half. You're scraping the surface, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. So, what's the thinking between what makes the cut and what doesn't? For example. Roof handball against Forrest. That seemed that had a bit of a stir at the time. Or uh, Clark's illness. What does the club have a say on, and what goes in, and how much is entirely up
1: to you?
3: Yeah, did the club have a stir on that, or
1: not really? No. So the the club are, um, keep us up to date with what's going on. Obviously, we have we have like really good communication with them. And
3: I to say the, the guys at top come across great. I thought. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's one of them where, as a fan, you really want to go. We need a scapegoat. Let's slag them. But they
1: came across brilliant. I thought. Yeah, yeah. And and to be fair, um, this all starts with Andrea. Like like he is he, he legit
3: a good bloke. Yeah, oh he's because yeah. he, he comes he's, across great in this. You he's know lovely. him personally,
1: don't you? Yeah, yeah. And 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 he's lovely. Is is don't get me wrong. Is obviously a, sh- a shrewd businessman. Is a very intelligent guy, very creative guy, but is is a good guy to me, to me. He's yeah. got a, he's got the right intentions. Um, and he drove this internally with the club of like, we, we want to do this. And, you know, there were ground rules set right at the start of like, if we're going to do this, it can't just be what you want us to film. It has to be what we want to film. Was there any conflict around that? Was it just bang on? It just takes time. So, so no one was against it. Andrea was like fully for it straight away. And then, um, it just takes time for, the players and and um the rest of the staff at the club so just get comfortable with it cuz it's not easy you know football's such a secretive industry and there's so much um pressure on everybody that saying right guys we want to capture you at your best everyone goes oh great that's, that sounds good but we want to capture you at your worst that's a, it's a big commitment for everyone so it wasn't that anyone was against it. it just took time for everybody to trust the process really did you had you
2: already signed off on doing this before the Sunderland and the Manchester City things came out last year because they were they they seemed to me like the start of it and they seemed huge and particularly the Sunderland one was a turn into a real car crash.
1: So the Sunderland one we started before the Sunderland one came out. Um I think that came out at December last year, I think. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. yeah. I, I stopped watching once they got rid of Grace and that was made done. <laughs> so I think that the the maybe the Man City one were just coming out as we were starting, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um but the Man City one was not. Um, Carter watched it, um, and and it's great in it for what it is. Um, but we never really modelled it on that either. Like it, it's not the same the same thing. So we needed to, to come up with a new idea um, of how to tell the story of a, of a season of a football club. But also, um, just our style is different as well. Like where completely different. Yeah, we and not just visually, just like story wise. Um, Giuseppe and I was Giuseppe's the DOP on this um we we sat down a lot and talked about uh, that we had a chance to say something bigger and and what a club means to a city and yeah, how that uh, comes across. how fans a lot more um and Sunderland did a good job of that actually later when that when theirs came out but um but we wanted to make ours a bit different to the as I think Juventus was out at that time as well and, yeah, and again yeah. quite different to what we wanted to do so so yeah we we were aware of what's happening but we we were like quite single-minded really on it didn't matter if 10 new docos had come out or not we were gonna do ours like this and and that was we stuck to that the whole way through
3: how much footage did you actually film in total and how much got left out? Cause there must be hundreds, if not thousands of hours, surely.
1: Yeah. The, um, I think in the end we ended up filming probably close to like 200 days filming on this. <laughs> um, cause a lot of it, you don't know what you're going to get. Sometimes you go down and you get gold in something you don't expect. And other times you film for three hours and nothing happens. Um, or, It's just not good enough or relevant for the the story you're trying to tell in the end. So, no, it's a massive amount of filming that goes on and a a massive amount that's left on on the cutting room floor. And to answer the other question, some gold gets left on the cutting room floor because it doesn't quite fit. Maybe it works as a self-contained five minutes or something, but... We didn't want it to just be a, a four or five hours of clips. It needed to yeah. be four or five hours of a narrative. So when we introduce Bamford, we need to stay with Bamford the whole way through. When we introduce Andrea, we need to stay. So, so you have to have those threads that run through the episodes rather than it just being like six self-contained films.
3: What is there any kind of gold that got left out you can tell us about anything really funny that you left out that's a scoop?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I've just mentioned, and then probably Pat on on the guitar is. Um, um, we were around one day, and we were uh, asking him about the parody Bamford account. You know the the yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I forget what it's like, Rich Bamford or, or whatever it is. Um, Should be called Posh Pat. Have you met a posher person, by the way, ever? In your life? <laughs> you know, he's he's sound. He's he's such a nice guy. Um, and when we were around there, uh, Giuseppe because Giuseppe is a musician as well and yeah, they started playing tunes and um playing on Fortnite and all this sort of stuff and that sort of stuff would have I liked it and, and I wanted to keep it in but when you start to really get into the to the cut of things, you just go, does it move the story on? And and it didn't. It was just lovely little clip really. So there's stuff like that that um and players having a laugh and stuff. Where where you? I, I hope we've got enough humour in there to 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 give some some light moments. But yeah, there's a lot that that didn't make it. But once we've recovered and had a rest, then we might go back and have a look and see what we can get out there, even if it's just on social media and stuff.
2: Touch on the social media stuff with uh, with regards to how the players feel about that in the documentary. In like the recent times, particularly with uh, racism and other players sticking up for for each other how much do you think it does affect them i
1: i think it well it depends on the player but uh, generally it does because um it's i think adam and luke uh, put put it really well actually in the in the documentary of like you know it doesn't matter about money or it doesn't matter about fame or whatever um you know people are people and if you have people criticizing you on your um day to day it can affect your uh, motivation it can affect your your belief or or whatever it is and then of course we know in sport that sort of stuff's really important and mm. um i think i hope that one of the things that comes out of this is that before people tweet something ridiculous you know there is there is you know i thought you could have had a better game today but you know what stuff like, that, like I, I don't, i'm not talking about stuff like that. i'm talking about you know get Out of our club when someone has one bad game, or we hope X, Y, and Z happens to you because somebody missed a penalty, or whatever it is. is It's like it's base, isn't it? The problem with our fan
3: base is it was so because it's a one club city, which is great. You also get a lot of idiots, a lot of fickle people, don't you? And
1: and what social media does is, um, is just open it up to where people can remain anonymous, people can say whatever they want, there's no comeback. Maybe gives them some sort of satisfaction because they're angry at their own lives or, or or whatever. I don't I don't know whatever the motivation is for someone to be so hateful on social media. Um, but I hope that even even the people that are like that, if they watch this, and if they actually do support Leeds. Then they'll realise that it has it has a negative effect. I mean, the the you only need to look at how Adam's playing so far this season. But He's on fire, and- yeah, yeah, and 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 some of the people who got stick. I mean, Luke in particular. Now, bear in mind, this is all my personal opinion, so this is not like <laughs> the official party line from the club or anything like that. But you know, Luke came back pretty early from an injury. He were, uh, before he was injured, he were brilliant. Yeah. Uh, For me, he's like the best right back in the league. Yeah. And he comes back, he's injured and he's trying to help the team. He's working his hardest and, you know, and he gets stick for it. Now, second half of the season, he was back to, back to where he was. But just for a few weeks while he's recovering from a quite serious injury, he's getting stick and... That's crazy to me. Like, why would you want to damage one? You know, if you're a fan, why would you want to damage one of your, one of your best players like that? Now he, 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 as in the documentary, he sort of takes it on the chin, just goes, oh, whatever. You know, if they've got a a egg or a dog for the picture, it's like, I'm I'm sure they're trying to hide or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's not, it's not helpful. It's not helpful.
3: Well, I tell you what, he's going to struggle getting his place back off Stuart Dallas at the minute, and he started brilliant.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he and he's another one like he's leads in it. He? He's leads him. He, he comes is, across brilliant. He's a lovely guy. I, we spoke to him briefly. I think Giuseppe said to him but while we were editing it, like you know, in the because obviously they're all devastated about what happened in the playoffs at the time, and we were like somehow in all of it, you look like an absolute hero in that in that oh, playoff semi. Like he was almost single-handedly trying to drag us to the Premier League, you know what I mean? And then this year started the year on fire. So belief and confidence, it's massive in sport. Yeah, well, that's kind of leading us
3: perfectly into this bit. And With the release of the documentary when it is, do you think it's going to psychologically galvanise the team? As a fan base, I think it's going to the end. The end of the documentary is an hard watch until you get past the Derby bit and you go, bloody hell, we're going to be good. Yeah. These guys mean business. Uh, was the release date kind of geared around the start of the season on purpose and do you think it will galvanize the so, players?
1: So the release was always gonna be then. So so there were no move in that release, no matter if Leeds went up or they didn't go up, it was always gonna be released. Was that an point. Amazon thing, was yeah, it? Yeah. That that was that was decided. Um the the thing when we were at Derby and and we were we were thinking about the ending, obviously the instinct is to go, well that's the ending is that but there were there was something that we felt you know, we built we built everything up so much in episode one about transforming the club and changing the culture and what have you. Then to just leave it at, at the ending of Derby, like it didn't feel like from a television point of view that we'd like answered the question. So that's where the, the ending came from. We were like, right, let's get... Let's give ourselves ten minutes at the end of this to just kind of sum up what's happened, um, and that's where we've spoke with Andreas, spoke with Angus, and everybody, and just like you know, what's what's the feeling now, um, and then obviously like if if Russell Cross is, you know the, the sleeping giant as a and let's go do this. Like if you're not motivated, Russell could come in my house now and say like, you know, make me a cup of tea and I'd be motivated to make him a cup of tea. You know what <laughs> I mean? His voice just, he can say anything. So I hope that that ending of, um, cause there's no, there's no, um, yeah, it, it sounds grand because it's, it, it's written like that and Russell delivers it grand, but it's true. It's like, you know, the the club has transformed a lot in the last year and, yeah, we we go again, don't we? I mean, that's that's that is what real life. That is what's happening. The need to do it this year.
2: I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. Leading up to the release of the documentary, and I think a lot of people feel like this. I hadn't watched any of the Derby game back because bear to <laughs> me, <neither. So laughs> the thought of watching the documentary, I was really torn. So, what would you say to people who might still be in that position about? Getting on board and watching the
1: Docco. I'd say to stick with it, the the that it does no spoilers, but the episode doesn't end at the end of, of the playoff semi. Um and also this is if if we do it this year, um and and if this same group of people okay, there's some there's some ins and outs, but generally the same group of people do it this year this makes what happened last year even more beautiful. Now, no one at the club will agree with me on that and they'll all hate <laughs> me for saying that. But um, this is the, I think somebody tweeted this. It was something like, this is the ending of the beginning or something like that. Yes. And it was like, right, that is it. Yeah, like the, ne- the next step is when we do it. <laughs> That's how we should look at it. But but uh, yeah, anyone who's who's worrying about watching it, if the last 10 minutes doesn't motivate you to to go out and, I don't know, sing marching on together in the middle of the street, then then nothing will, you know what I mean?
3: Yeah, take your head for a wobble. Um, Right, you, you kind of touched on it, Russell Crowe, how did that all come about? Is it, is that through your connections with rugby or is that through the club and did you meet him, talk to him, what's it like, how did it all go?
1: So it started as a mood board thing right at the start before we even started filming. It's like, right, what what's our ideal scenario for everything? Yeah. And it was, um because we were, it's not. It's not Russell Crowe alone. It's that is a leader fan. That yeah. was the reason why we put Russell Crowe on the list. We can, you know, okay, he's one of the most famous guys in the world. But um, we, if we were just talking about narrators, we'd have Russell Crowe, Crowe plus five other people who have amazing voices. You know, Patrick Stewart or whatever it is. Ralph but it was like, Yeah. Well, yeah. Ralph. Ralph was on the list as well of people who like could make this work. Um, but we were. Nah, it's Russell. It's got to be. If we're going for it to be. You know, the level that we want it to be at, it has to be Russell and is a Leeds fan. This, this makes all the sense. So anyway, long story short, we got in touch with him through friends of friends. Um, He said he was up for doing it. Um, Then, you know, we crack on with making the series. He cracks on with filming whatever blockbuster he's on at that moment in time. Um, And then as we started to get towards the end of the series, we firmed everything up and... um, make a deal that works for everyone and timing. I mean, timing is the biggest thing with Russell um, is to find a, a slot in his schedule to be able to do it. Um, but to be fair, no, he was, he was brilliant with it. Um, and I think his delivery on it is, yeah, he's, he's, he nailed it.
3: Oh, well, he was obviously right director. How did you feel right and that? Was some pressure or do you feel cool <laughs> about it? Cause
1: it's Russell Crowe, isn't it, man? Well, we were having to rush near the end a little bit as well, you know, because the, the, if we think about that release date it's always set the playoffs um extended us so so we had less time to write it less time to edit it by like what three weeks or something and that's a lot in in that time scale um if it if the season would have finished it which that gives us three more weeks on the edit it which we would have loved um so so we were I found myself right in the um you know at the end bit with, with Russell um like you know wired with 47 coffees Monday, uh, Sunday night at about one in morning and I'm writing this thing of like you know I, I can't even remember exactly now but you know um the sleeping giant is awake and blah, blah blah and I'm reading it I'm like is this any good I don't even know if this <laughs> is any good now and then um and then you put on top and Russell Crowe so I'm listening to the Superman trailer um which he which he narrates the starting of the the man i think it's man of steel um and i'm trying to imagine him saying this and i'm like this is either totally epic or i'm an idiot you know what i mean <laughs> i don't know which one's which now luckily i've hour half expect him to come back and go nah I, i'm not feeling this but when he did it and then now i think with the music and, and our position it's like um it was just meant to be i think all that
2: so l- looking through all the feedback that you've got since it i just see a st- a real sea of positivity. The one question that came, keeps coming up is about the, uh, the audio commentary from the games.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, same here. So we, we've, look, we've looked, we've looked through stuff and um, I don't know, eight or nine out of 10 are, are positive. Um, but that, that seems to be the, the most um, asked question or for people who are more aggressive, the thing they slag us off about <laughs> most of all. Um, but yeah, it's, it it's, Probably Is it purely
3: used- narrative or is it
1: just both so so um what what we our ideal scenario would have been that we used Popey's and Noel's original commentary. That yep. was that was a starting point. Um I won't go into too much detail, but um I think there's some f- thing out there that like we actively chose not to do that and that that's not true. Um we wanted to use the original um for whatever reason Um, we were not able to, um, and that's not our choice. That's no one on our side's choice, let's say. Um, That was our original thing that we wanted to do. Unfortunately, it wasn't possible, um, and we tried really hard to make it work, um, but it just... we couldn't get that commentary. Right? That's that's just the bottom line is we couldn't get that commentary. Um so we decided that we still wanted Popey because he's he's our guy. He's, he narrated Do You Want to Win. Yeah. He is for me the Lead United commentator. You know He's another like, bloke a, as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh Popey's great, yeah. Um so we're trying to find out a way to still make it work um by by having Popey involved. So we got Poppy into re record um with and with hindsight, things change because, you know, you know what's happening next and you know what's happening in the yeah, episodes yeah. and stuff. Um, and it's different to uh, the live the live match day commentary uh, particular because you don't have no there, and the energy is different. You're more, um, you're thinking about things more and all that sort of stuff. I think he did a phenomenal job on it. And, and the thing that I would um, put on the other side of the argument is that, Someone who's watching this in, I don't know, Spain or, or or even actually someone who just isn't a Leeds fan, they don't care at all about no. that, right? Like they, they, they don't even know who all of us are, right? But the thing that, um, that I would put out there is, yeah, I would have liked to use the original commentary, we couldn't, but we also, aside from lots of Leeds fans... There's a lot of compliments about that as well. Yeah. Um, so I just read an article yesterday, and I think it was Sports Illustrated, who said that the uh, the mixture of Poppy's commentary with Russell Crowe's narration works beautifully and adds nuance and all this sort of stuff. So it's not it's not blanket that everyone wanted like the crazy hyper commentary. <laughs> it's like it it can be useful for as as you said before for narrative reasons of pushing it along. So I can say to Popey, remember. Um, that injuries affects us in the next 6 weeks yeah. um and because that makes for a better tv show so i i see the total pros and cons and i get why some fans and it is fans i must say that some fans want want the um want the original commentary and we tried and we couldn't get it so so that's the bottom line
2: fans of other clubs have been enjoying the documentary as well because of our out and out self destruction um teams like Sheffield United, Norwich, Phil and Derby. Does that bother you? Are you have you received what kind of
1: feedback have you received from fans of other clubs? Generally, I'd say people enjoy it, and it's either because I've they got enjoy. a lot of
3: dickheads skipping the good bits, as they say. I have got a Sheffield United <laughs> fan going to the Basham bit, and I just want to chin him.
1: <laughs> nah, it's like it's Lee, Not not maybe not us, but Leeds fans would do it. If it were the other way around, you know, it's just football, innit? You know the the um you know if, if Manu had a series and they they uh, crash and burn near the end it'd be like we'd be Leeds fans on Twitter would be all over it saying it's the best series ever. Oh, it's just just football, you know, it's it's funny to me. Like if, if they wanna um if they're watching it, I mean it's it, it's it's the tall, arrogant Leeds thing to say, but um everyone's watching it. So yeah. so it's like it's that shows the level that Leeds are at um in terms of interest wise from other clubs and i just think it's kind of funny that the that they all like watch it to see their bit where they're good um fine as far as i'm concerned it's funny
3: well you've you've covered the dan james saga brilliantly in it um that was really close and he seemed gutted not to be coming to Leeds.
1: definitely yeah the um again hindsight's a wonderful thing and you got a uh, fair play to him he's got a got a big move now um to man united but uh, at the time it was um, yeah, I think everyone were devastated. It's um, his, his. He wanted to move. Leeds wanted him. Would have been a great move for him at the time. Um, he, you know, again hindsight. But you know, what was he? Would would the season have finished different if he would have signed? You, you don't know those sort of things. But we for sure would have had a good player in the squad extra than what we had. Um, but yeah, I think I think that were that were tough. Yeah, for everyone who were involved, particularly like Victor and Angus and James who, who were down there, sort of organising everything. Um, it was it was a tough day that for everyone. Well, this isn't a question;
2: it's just a compliment. I watched that bit, and I genuinely still expected him to sign for the <laughs> club.
1: Watching it, I look back at it now, and I think I'm. And this is an outsider. I'm sure, like Angus and Victor and and everybody is like. How did that not happen? Well, they say it in the documentary, you know, they they feel they did everything that they could do on, on the League United side and sometimes you can't control what was going on on, on the other side. Um, there was, to go back to the early question of there was a... F- uh, some funny bits that you left out. There was uh, one that we had to... Obviously, that was all day, that, with, with Dan James. And in the end, it ends up being, I don't know what, seven minutes in an episode or something. So loads of funny stuff happening that day. like Because like, loads of players were, were leaving Swansea or, or maybe leaving Swansea at that point in the transfer window. And, uh, yeah, you were getting calls from other members of the squad and they're all winding each other up and all that. So there were a lot of that sort of stuff. But the thing that, that everybody... Um, this is going to be super boring, but the thing that everyone needs to realise about these sort of shows is the amount of legals that everything has to go through as well. Yeah. As, you know, I, I we'll edit an episode and go, right, that's it, that's amazing. Then the amount of um, people who have to look at it, who have to sign it off, all the releases, all these sorts of things. I mean, you can't always put everything in that that you want to put in, but there were, as well as it being a quite traumatic day for lots of people that day, um, there were a lot of... Um, light-hearted moments when people were trying to relieve the pressure and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, there's probably a load of stuff that we'll bring out in 10 years when, when we don't care. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Tell you what, mate, Victor Orta comes across like an absolute genius, lunatic, lovable character. He really, really loves the club, doesn't he?
1: Uh, how good was he to work with? Vic- Victor is, um, well, it, there's two... two things to think about with Victor, like there's the professional side of him in terms of, um, you know, the coaches he he helps to recruit. He's so thorough, isn't he? Oh, he's, he's, I think Andrea calls him like a database in, in the, in the documentary. And he is, he is um, so knowledgeable about football, um, a very articulate guy. um, And, and I bet he is even more in, in, in Spanish. Um, But as far as like the, the reason why, um, what I think about when I think about Victor is he's like um, a big part of the glue that that holds Leeds United together, you know, he's, he's involved in everything. The players, the players love him. Um, The staff love him. He's mega passionate about, about the club. Um, He lives and breathes every match. He lives and breathes every kind of up and down of the player individually. Um, And, and the one bit actually, and we didn't leave this out for, um, for legal reasons or anything like that, but he's shown us um, when we arrived, he had a, a letter on his table, uh, hate mail. So we're getting hate mail from Leeds fans and it was um, fuck off out of Leeds auto written in pen on this on this uh, piece of paper on his table. And that was the starting point really for us where we were like, wow, um, okay, the last season didn't go well and some of the, some of the transfers have, have not panned out. Ironically, some of them did, the following season it just took a bit of time you know um to for them to either find the feet or find the right coach or whatever it was but he was like a bit of a redemption story for us of like this guy's kind of not hated but you know he's got he's certainly got a lot of critics within the fan base and all we found were like a a really good guy really passionate guy leads through and through and yeah hopefully by the end of the documentary people can see what he's really like because he's I'm sure there are, but I've never heard anyone say a bad word about Victor. Like it, everyone loves him.
2: Do you think uh, Leeds fans were at risk of pushing out someone of real quality and importance to the club by our not our like collective
1: potential hatred for a, someone? I'd say if if it was a different type of person for sure, but I think Victor was motivated even more to like to like prove people wrong but a different type of person who might have been brilliant at the job we would have forced him out for sure yeah because that sort of stuff is it's next level in it hate mail and all that sort of stuff it's it's quite like is quite strong-minded though isn't it it's- yeah exactly and he, he took that as like well he had it on his desk so that that, that shows him true. up of like right i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna use this to 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 do better um but yeah I think I think it's sim- similar to the players on social media stuff and obviously it's like no one the players Victor uh, Angus Andrea no one is asked it, asking to be um liked no matter what or respected no matter what but I think that um there's a, a, an air of um I don't know um just not knee jerking as much as what we do sometimes can help things overall. And also um, just taking a look at the bigger picture a little bit. And, and, you know, generally there, there's a lot of right decisions being taken at the club in the last year or so. The stuff that goes wrong, of course there is, there's everybody makes mistakes because everybody's human, including the players. But generally we're on a, a good path here and, and, we shouldn't. If we if we go lose the next three games, I'm sure it'll all come back, you know. And it'll be it's players, this and Victor doesn't know that and blah blah blah. I've even seen people like question Marcelo and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, just hang on, like like we're we're probably overall on the right path. And I think so for me personally, I think a lot of that comes from because I've seen what we had, you know, when when Ken Bates and GFH were were around Leeds. You know, I remember that vividly. How how horrible that was. Yeah, people and, need to realise. Yeah, it, like, yeah, and, and and maybe it's a little bit of like, well, you know, you've been treated so badly that that you like anyone. And it's not that we're on a good path. We finished third. We've got a much better team. If you look at our bench the other day, it's like you know, four or five players there that Is start that for every other on the team. Bench. Yeah, exactly. So we are on the right path. And even if we lose a couple of games, everybody needs to just look at the bigger picture. Well, they just need to watch the documentary because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like the 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 ups we all thought we were going up no matter what, and it can go bad. But also when it's going bad, you can come back. That episode four I think it is when everyone's wrote r- off we lose the Cupia, and we annihilate West Brom 4-0 you know like yep. you just you got to keep the faith I think a little bit with Leeds. There's a bit in the documentary post Spygate where you show
2: the conversation that where Victor and Andrea are having about doing the presser and Andrea's not happy with it What go, what's in the creative process where you decide that the public need to see that because it, some people might say it has the potential to disrupt
1: if the whole fan base is seeing that the chairman's not happy with the manager it's those those points are where you um, have to detach as a Leeds fan and go right is this a important to the story and b make for good television and the fact that Andrea didn't want that uh, conference to happen and thought it was a bad idea um, that's important that's that's important that the owner didn't think that was a good idea
3: I think it also Uh, shows the level of care that everyone's got for the club that everyone's consciously thinking about what happens and when it happens
1: and and as well the the thing of course like you know Marcelo's done an amazing job um but everyone's not perfect you know the the from the club from top to bottom from Andrea to to anyone else in the club uh, make mistakes and and you know and sometimes they're not obvious mistakes you know you could argue about well Victor does Victor thinks it's a legendary press conference uh, Andrea thinks it's going to get them in more trouble and it was a bad idea that, that's fine i think like that's that's healthy in a club if 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 either the owner or the coach or a certain player is untouchable in a club it's not good because then everything in the club can fall down if they fall down so i think it's it, it, this again speaking as an outside I think it's healthy that um there are a lot of powerful personalities in there but and intelligent people and when that happens people don't agree all the time and I felt for the show it was important to to show it as well when those moments happen
3: right let's get on to the big man then what was it like meeting God and interviewing Marcelo Bielsa how was that what's it like
1: it's uh it's just a you you end up looking at it just Do like you know. for, for TV and uh, I was Spanish <laughs> not good enough because um uh, the uh, Marcelo also because uh, of his Argentine takes the 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 accent's not as easy for me to pick up as when <laughs> uh, when I'm in Madrid or something like that um but it it was just it's going to sound weird because you know obviously I'm a Leeds fan but it was just the day at the office it was like um we got the call can we do it um, at that point in time, it was really near the end, obviously. Um, and we were just like, yeah, let's go, let's go, uh, get Marcelo's sort of rundown of what happened and what happens next. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that we ha- that people haven't seen yet from that interview. Um, and that's our, um, yeah, we just go and do it. Uh, really, it's just like, it's it's like work for us. Um, and we just go and, and I think nail it, capture it, how it should be done. Marcelo said what he wanted to say. Um, and then we get back to the edit suite and put some beautiful music to it, really. it's it's It would have sounded big to me at the start of the season, but because all I'm thinking about at that point is like, where, where does this sit in an episode? If he says X, then we're going to do it like that. If he says Y, we're going to do it like that. And you just... Yeah, it's it's, but it was cool. It was cool to to do it, and I'm and I'm, uh, I thank him for for agreeing to do it.
3: Right, we're gonna flip back now quickly before we wrap up and go back to do you want to win? Now a couple of lads who we do this with, uh, Matt and James, came to the premiere, loved it, thought it was excellent, and the thing they came out with was um, what a great character Bill Fofby was. Now, obviously, sadly, he's passed away now. Um, you've told me a couple of funny stories about him in the
1: past can you share any that we can have because he was a character one, and he was he was he, late he's he's like um like of all the people that we've spent time with in the last few years um like unanimously in our in our studio he's the favorite person of everybody in there um his stories his demeanor um he's like the well he was the coolest guy that you can meet you know so well dressed and 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 he's he, he's brilliant um and a lot of it made it into legionite stories which we couldn't release publicly because of the the finances involved of buying everything from champions league and and all that sort of stuff but uh, we did a private screening of him with that the the couple of things that stick out for me with bill was when we was at the premiere of do you want to win? We're on the red carpet and it was in Trinity and he'd it, never been in Trinity before. And he's looking around and he's, he's going, see all these people in here, you know, I don't know what's next, to it, like Carluccio's and, and your sushi and all these, and he's going, I'd have all of these. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I'd have all of these sponsoring leads. I'd take money out of every single one of them <laughs> in here. He said, I'd have a field day in here. This didn't exist when I were around. He was like, even even as he got older and he'd left the job and all that Like, he's just pure salesman. You know what I mean? He, he was still thinking about how to, to make money for leads. And um, I'd say that when we, were, when we were with him and when you spend time with him, um, loads of it is... Uh, him basically he, he speaks so well like uh, um, about what it feels like to be to be the chairman or, or the MD of a club and he's always talking about I can smell it I can feel <laughs> it League United it's I can still feel it in my fingertips you know type stuff and you just sat there and like no disrespect to everybody else who we've we've interviewed I don't know god 200 people for all our projects in the past. He's the one where you sit there and, and like you pause a little bit. Cause you go, yeah, totally. And then you go, right. Sorry. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> but but you, you sat with him and you're just like looking up at this guy, like, yeah, that's what it feels like to be leads. If there were like everybody, he's he'd had it, have his critics as well when he was in charge of the club. But what a guy, man. Like he was, he was leads. Definitely.
3: Uh, is there any funny stories from that project? Like obviously, from Strach and Vinny and some Sergeant Wilco, some big characters there, isn't there? And
1: Yeah, loads of them were um from Vinny probably. Um where well, we couldn't use them. <laughs> but I'd say that um he talks about that someone tried to carjack him in Leeds and then they realised it was him and they ended up like cheering him on and thanking him <laughs> for playing for Leeds and stuff like this um, that him and, Kant and I used to knock about at, um, I'm not sure but somewhere in Chapel Town and there were like heroes and all this sort of stuff it was uh, a lot of stories yeah for Vinny were around uh, him and Cantona and, and him and Batty um, and basically him and him and Batty just um like being like brothers, really, and Vinny going and wrecking his lawn by donutting on his on it, oh with no. his car on his lawn, and um, them always getting into kind of right before the match, you snap him, I'll snap him, and we're going to win this type thing. You know that you would never hear footballers saying now. Um, so yeah, Vinny were great, and and even though it's not in that film, just before that, we um, we spent a lot of time with Batty, um, and we did it for the city talking. Um, magazine at the time um, and me and Moscow and a couple of others went up to to his house and hung out and um, looked for all his shirts, his England stuff and all that lot and yeah Dave's got a lot of good stories about him and Vinny and stuff as well but yeah like then trying to get them through legals to be on film at the end of it was like virtually impossible i I'm
3: alright I'm thinking you, uh, you asked him about a shirt and he just had the one shirt for the whole season, is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, He's um, he were it's strange like, like with with David in in a lot of ways, you think like he doesn't, he isn't that bothered about football because, you know, he's finished and and, and he's finished, you know, but then other ways, like he is quite on it with, with, um, his his memorabilia and and all that sort of stuff and yeah we're telling us loads of stuff showing us shirts that he swapped with people and all that sort of stuff um, and yeah back back then they'd have like one or two shirts for the season and some of them still had um, like rips and stains on them and stuff like that um, and and to be fair to to Dave as well when we were, we were leaving we were um, we were talking a lot and and um, yeah we, he's he's a good guy um, and he gave us a shirt from the he gave us one of his shirts from the champions League, yeah, like a, a match shirt um it's like absolute prize possession, yeah, so
3: he's got that where is it you have to fight over it
1: It's in a safe somewhere i think yeah <laughs> um but it is like a, it obviously meant something to him to to, to keep the shirt and yeah he, he gave it to us and and just just to thank us for because we'd we'd done some stuff together and um yeah he, he's he's a top guy as well, but most of the stories that that um certainly like Vinny and him and lots of the other others have is like, um, yeah, we can't broadcast, you know?
2: <laughs> so documentary's out now. And I think it's well publicized that there is a second series coming.
1: Yeah. People have seen a, we're, the cameras. We're filming, we're filming. Um, so what, what point was there, that decision made? Within about 10 minutes of Derby. It was like, we can't end like this. We have to keep going. Um,
3: Whose shot was that? Was that Amazon? Was that Andrea? Was that you? No, no, that's
1: us. That's us saying um, we have to keep going with this. And when I say us, it's the city talking and yep. Eleven Studios who who, who produce this. Um, we were we were just instantly like, no, we have to keep going with this. We have to um, follow the story. Um, so there's no um, like secrecy or or whatever about where it'll end up we don't know we're just going to keep going um obviously we've talked with people about where where that'll be and 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 what we're going to do with it and how it's released and how many episodes all that like none of that is decided now the only thing that's decided is we keep filming and and see what happens um and I, I was with Andre yesterday just and James Mooney um from Leeds United and we're just thinking about how we can make it even better that's that's like the the methodology for all the way through yeah, this yeah. is how to make it better well to, that's two things so if they do their bit and get promoted we do our bit and make the show uh even better whether that's in terms of access or or commentary or you know whatever it is um we'll we'll uh make the show better but at the moment there's no there's no more solid plan than that other than series two hopefully will will be the 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 perfect uh second part of the story
3: well, I'm not trying to do Popey out of a job here because I love him, but you've got Bryn Law now at LUTV.
1: Yeah, yeah. I did actually just say all right to him on the balcony the other day and just said, uh, I'll have a chat with him in the future. So, <laughs> yeah, them two can like battle it out for, for or, we'll, or they can share responsibilities. We'll have Popey on home games and Bryn on away games or something. But no, we'll definitely, um, it is ace that Leeds have got him back because oh, he's, he's brilliant. Yeah, We're a feature of him. Uh, on episode four, and he was brilliant. He loved it, and he's given us some feedback for that. So yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy, and I've already listened to the stuff. You know, and you see it on Twitter and stuff with his commentary, and he's great. Like he's 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 not leads, but he kind of is leads. So oh, he's definitely
3: leads now, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he yeah.
1: He's he's converted leads away from is it Wrexham that's his, yeah, his yeah. club? Yeah, yeah. He's he's Wrexham and leads. I think like Phil A, they're all once you're in. You're in, aren't you? Look at Phil, man. Like, they are, uh, uh, to be fair, Phil, is smashing it on his on his new thing. I love that um, opening
3: shot in the credits of Phil just looking straight down, looking like an old Stewie Griffin. He looks ace, doesn't he's he's he? Brilliant. Yeah, he yeah, he's brilliant.
1: He's I brilliant. Think, I think he's literally mortified by that shot from what he said. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> Bless him. No, he was brilliant in the documentary that gave us loads of great insight. And yeah, he's, he's another one who, uh, he isn't leads, but now he is kind of leads.
3: Right, Lee, thank you for having us in your house, mate. Thanks for coming on the pod.
1: Yeah, cheers for having us. It's been great talking through the documentary, not just
2: that everything to do with City Talking and previous projects as well. Uh, just as final
3: to end on, we've got a kind of little competition we're running on Leeds. that where we're giving away some memorabilia. So far, I've chucked a Tony a Boa a Corinthian in the pot. Is there anything you can drop in
1: for us? God, I'm trying to think now. I'm sure there will be something not that batter shirt by the way that's (laughs) that's definitely not going in that goes Um, straight on my wall mate but yeah there's i'll i'll dig something out i feel like i've probably stolen enough stuff over the years from sets and what have you that i can give you something cool probably a footy is the first thing that springs to mind the more random the
3: better mate be brilliant yeah
1: i think we've got some like cool mitre delta somewhere that you can have as us absolutely
2: fantastic (laughs) cheers mate
4: So just off air, it sounds like he's actually confirmed that he's giving away the batty shirt, doesn't he?
3: Oh, if only, mate. Can you imagine? That'd be class, wouldn't it?
4: <laughs> um, so I actually remember meeting Lee at the Player of the Year Awards with you, Andy, and uh, I said to him at the time, you know, oh, it's, it's, gr- it's great to meet you, and, and how's the doc going? And he just said, um, he just seemed really sad. He just seemed sad in terms of the way the, 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 the season was going, because at that point, obviously, we were playoffs. And um, I actually thought, excellent. And I thought, excellent, because it was just really pleasing to see that there was a proper Leeds fan doing the documentary. I think if it wasn't a proper Leeds fan doing it, it could have been so different.
3: I think you touched on it perfectly uh, in the interview there, that as a Leeds fan, it, it was in two minds, because as a director, the story's brilliant, everything's sound, everything's good, but as a Leeds fan, you're kind of going, guys, just get over the line. But then, as a director, you go all this stuff's meant, it's going to make great television. And he covered that perfectly, I feel.
0: Anyone think
2: that you could do the same? I don't. What, make a documentary like that? No, detach yourself as a Leeds fan in the process of your work. I think it was really important that he was able to do that. And that conflict between being the director and being a fan, I think having watched the Sunderland documentary, if there were fans that made that, there were pretty angry ones because that's just come across as an absolute pacing of the club.
0: I think it was a really, really interesting interview though, guys. What what, um, what was it like meeting him? I know, I know Lee loosely, um, so it, it was just a nice catch-up and
3: it was interesting to see how he dealt with it as a Leeds fan and a director.
2: Paul, how did you find it? For me, one of the most interesting things was seeing the journey that he's gone on because we've seen that six-part documentary as well, it's an ongoing thing because he hopes that there's going to be several series, but from building up from from virtually nothing with the company and with his friends in, in getting something going up to that point with a project, that was really fascinating. And um, I loved
0: the bit about Bill Fotherby because James and I both <laughs> went to uh, um, that premiere, as you said, in the interview, and um, it was hilarious. I mean, he, he could have done an entire documentary about Bill Fotherby and it would have been an award winner.
4: Oh, yeah, absolutely. The the extra anecdotes he's given us in that interview made me chuckle as well. So, yeah, thanks so much for that. So that concludes our first ever Leeds That Extended interview. We hope to do many more interviews with fans from across the Leeds United community. If you've got an interesting story, we'd genuinely love to hear from you. You don't have to have made a documentary for Amazon to get on the podcast, so please do get in touch. If you drop your comments to Leeds That on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram... And also visit leadsthat.com where you can enter our prize draw to win lots of goodies, including an unopened Tony Yaboa Corinthian figure. And we should also have news on the prize from Lee Hicken very soon. In the meantime, catch up on our monthly and matchday day podcasts, and we'll be back very soon with another fan interview.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.